0: Today we tried making boba and <laughs> instead of boba it just turned into slime.
1: Yeah, but like not gross slime, but like you know like the cool slime that like you kind like, like you can when walk you touch on it. it it's yeah. solid,
0: but whenever you hold on like when you're not holding it it's liquid. Yeah. So that was fun. Maybe we'll learn a little bit more about
1: that. Yeah. But not right now. Hi, welcome to Earworm.
0: I'm your co-host Mimi,
1: and I'm your co-host Keegan.
0: And this is a podcast for the things that you just can't get stuck out of your head.
1: Yeah. So, what do we have stuck in our head this week? Uh, you want me to go first or for you?
0: Um, I think it'd be fun to go first.
1: Okay. Uh, take it away then. What do you have for us this week?
0: Have you ever seen A Bug's Life?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we watched that the other week, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, so in A Bug's Life, the queen bee, the queen ant yeah. is always holding on to like this little green critter. And for the longest time, I had no idea what it was until I looked it up and it was an aphid. And I was just like, well, that's weird. I think ants eat that. Um, So I went and I spoke with a coworker just because we work in pest control. Um, And they shared a fun fact. So similar to how humans will farm cows and milk cows in order to get um, milk from them and which cows hope we will not kill them. Um, that is the relationship of what ants have to aphids, except it's slightly more friendly.
1: Ants milk aphids?
0: Ants milk aphids, but they don't grab their little aphid udders. <laughs> <utters.
1: laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a fun visual. <laughs> that's is- not going to haunt me at all. <laughs>
0: And yeah, instead of grabbing the aphid udders, what ants do when they milk aphids is they get their little antennas. So if you want to try to imagine that you're an ant, like, put your hands on your head. Okay. And then grab the closest object and pretend like you're petting it.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I needed this. And that
0: is what an ant milking an aphid is like, in which the aphid, once it's getting pet, will secrete a sugar called honeydew. It's not the same honeydew that we eat. Okay. And it's incredibly sweet. Um, and the ants will just kind of eat all that up, and because the ants have a purpose for the aphids, they don't kill them, but they protect them. They farm them kind of like little cowboys. That's cute,
1: man, we should there's a there's an ant hill. I think in our house, on our house, we're in an apartment, they're in the walls. I don't like those ants. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> a a idea. A board idea. I was going to say we can make little cowboy hats, but <laughs> seems a little bit much for them. They don't deserve it. Um, let's, they actually don't. <laughs> what, okay, you said they protect them. What do they protect the aphids from, I guess? Ladybugs. Oh. Ladybugs eat aphids. So if you ever see ladybugs
0: in your garden, it's because there's probably an increase of aphids there. Now, if you ever see ants and ladybugs in your garden, it's probably because the ants are farming those aphids and are trying to protect the aphids,
1: like wolf to sheep, from the ladybugs. Okay. So then does that mean in a bug's life, the ladybug... Should have been trying to eat the queen's pet at some point, and that may be a deleted scene that we never got to
0: see. 100%, but because there were so many ants, so ladybugs aren't necessarily aggressive. Yeah. If there's so much of a colony like in a bug's life, then they'll just kind of back off and find their own tree. That
1: sounds awesome, and it sounds like our dog is making a mess. One second. <laughs> hey, bud, what are you doing over in
0: here? In the meantime, I will try slam poetry. Poetry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was lovely poetry. Yeah. So our dog was just in the closet, uh, making a mess. Uh, but that sounds good. Uh, what else you got about aphids for me? Do you got any other fun, fun facts or cool tidbits?
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's all right. That's
0: about it. It's just a really cool symbiotic relationship. It's similar to like the new movie that's came out, Venom. Um, it's kind of like that. Like what? whatever the main character of Venom's name is, to Venom, um, or, like, a clownfish to that s- thing that they like to live in that I can't pronounce and I'm not si-
1: gonna get I like that both your examples, you couldn't name half the pair for the symbiotic relationship. Well, that's pretty cool.
0: Or the other symbiotic relationship of, I make mac and cheese for my spouse, and in return, he gives me nothing.
1: Not true, I give you kisses every now and then. (laughs) Um, But it's funny you mentioned the mac and cheese that you made because my earworm for this week is going to be mac and cheese. (gasps) I know, it's a sign of true love. (laughs) So I love mac and cheese. I love it in all of its forms. It's pretty simple. It's elbow pasta of one form or another or macaroni pasta with cheese and butter. And milk that's optional i I do love the milk though it is pretty good um but that's basically it for what you need to make mac and cheese and let me tell you it's good when it's good it's good
0: for his birthday i stuffed it in a pie just a nice thick mac and cheese crunch
1: yes (laughs) because if there's one thing i love more than mac and cheese it is pie so i went on a little adventure on the internet thank you wikipedia uh (laughs) Into looking into the history of macaroni and cheese. Would you like to take a guess as to when the concept of macaroni and cheese was invented?
0: Before time itself, there was nothing, <laughs> and then mac and cheese. cheese.
1: <laughs> and from the primordial soup emerged mac and cheese. Crap. <laughs> Crap. Yeah, from the primordial soup. <laughs> soup. It's true. Yeah, I. You know what? It. You do have a point there because crabs kind of became crabs and then they went, this is it. This is peak existence. They never
0: changed. They never
1: changed. And much like that, it looks like the earliest form of macaroni cheese of that pasta, butter, cheese mixture that we can find is from the 14th century. They discovered like an old recipe of this in um, an old Italian cookbook. I don't remember the name of it and probably can't pronounce it, Um, but that's all right because... The recipe um, has been, was translated basically to, if you look on the side of a macaroni and cheese box, it's pretty much the same of boil the noodles, add the cheese or cheese sauce to it, add a little bit of butter, mix it all up, you're good. You're ready to eat it. <laughs> it's all good. And it sits so well in my belly until it doesn't. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: That's because you're lactose intolerant, but all your favorite foods are milk-based, huh?
1: Yeah, and that's that's my burden to bear in this life. But uh, I have a little bit more information about some cool macaroni and cheese stuff. Um, would you like to take a guess as to who brought it to America? Jesus. <laughs> well that's a good guess uh no <laughs> nah. the the one who brought it to america in the first place um in full force at least from what i could find was one thomas jefferson yeah that same dude with that's the, thick-
0: the light bulb
1: that's thomas edison but <laughs> the same time frame they definitely hung out in the same room and stuff like that but thomas jefferson was obsessed with france Uh, came back, was introduced to mac and cheese while over there, came back to America, and while trying to help with um, all of the uh, Constitution stuff that, you know, America was doing at the time, every day for lunch he would bring macaroni and cheese because that's how crazy he was about this stuff. And now you should be thinking that everyone is and should be crazy about mac and cheese, but would be surprised to know that actually... They didn't really like it so much, all of Thomas Jefferson's friends. Mainly because it was Thomas Jefferson who was pitching it to them. Because he would show up and be like, hey, George Washington, guess what I'm eating today? Cobblet. No, it's mac and cheese again, George. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Every day. And you can see how that can get a little bit tiring to some people. Um, but Thomas Jefferson loved it, and it stuck around, and now we have it today. But we have, what I would argue, a bit better version of it, because mac and cheese has evolved through the ages to uh, give us bigger and better tasting variations of this divine food.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's already perfect as it is. Like, I don't really see how it could be different. It sounded like the first recipe was just macaroni and cheese. (laughs)
1: Yes. Mac and cheese. So my question is, how do
0: you mess up a dish? Where the ingredients are literally in the name.
1: <laughs> you can't really mess it up, but you can make it better by adding stuff to it. For example, uh, you can add things like bacon, jalapenos, tomatoes, onion, peppers, Tabasco sauce. The list still goes on? It goes on and on and wow. on. There's so <laughs> many things. Um, I, some of my personal favorites from what I was looking at that I want to try are pepperoni, peas, and there was an interesting one for salmon that you can add in, which sounds kind of like a crime, but also my curiosity is getting the better of me and I would love to try macaroni and cheese and salmon.
0: I will say I can go in and vouch for macaroni and pepperoni tastes amazing. When I was a child, (laughs) we would go to restaurants and you know, there's the kids menu and the kids menu is always the basics, mac and cheese, chicken tenders, pizza, and maybe like a small hamburger. But the first three are the basics. And as a child, every time I would tell the waiter, I want macaroni, but can you put pepperoni on it?
1: And it was divine. So it was a pepperoni, macaroni, and cheese. That's a lot. That's good, though. That's good. You were a genius as a child. (laughs) Truly unappreciated in your time. Yeah, but macaroni and cheese. Good food good food. Only way I am, I liked it better is because it's both a meal and a side dish. I like it when you make it a meal. Make it real heavy with that butter and cheese and go ahead and put that baby in a pie. That's my favorite and I thank you for making that for me for my birthday every time you do it. It's amazing.
0: All right. Well, I think other than that, was there anything else you wanted to bring up this week?
1: No, I think that's going to about do it for us here at here at Earworms. Uh, but in the meantime... Uh, you can check
0: out more of our productions at friendsfromfaraway.com, I believe. Yes. We'll probably put the accurate link in the description. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: definitely we'll do that. Um, we do have a couple of other uh, podcast Prongs in the Fire, um, and... Uh, if you want to keep up to date with that news, just go ahead and uh, pay attention to that website. That uh, link will be in the description down below. Um, but for now, uh, we I think- wish you a fair bye-bye. Bye-bye.